0: You are now listening to "It's a Streamable Life: Crying Clean Life in a Peak Entertainment Era." Hello, it is November twentieth, and we are back with another episode of "It's a Streamable Life" podcast. I'm your, we are your host, Lauren, and I'm Brandon, and we are here on the brink of Thanksgiving. Almost November's going by My- pretty fast.
1: Yeah, the whole year has gone by. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seems like this year's gone on forever.
1: Oh, right? God. It's, it's there's fast, things... but it's long. <laughs> right, yeah. There are things that like—they uh, just seem like they were like last year, but they were just earlier this year. It's like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. How was your weekend?
1: Uh, pretty good. Pretty uneventful, honestly. Went out a little bit on Saturday. Uh, during the day, did some running around and then mostly stayed in. I think we got like some, I don't know, like some sleet or something, and I was just like, nah. So,
0: yeah, it was kind of really dreary. Right. For the weekend, yeah, I didn't do much either. Um, basically stayed in for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. So we're here. We'll get this episode started with our question of the week: Which show and song give you the biggest rush of nostalgia?
1: Then go ahead and answer that. Are <laughs> you talking to me? Yeah, you want to answer it first, or
2: okay, um,
0: like a separate show and song, or like a show and
1: oh, yeah, yeah. okay, I mean, right? so like you a show that brings nostalgia, and then a song, a song,
0: okay um for my show i'd have to go with power rangers because i think that was like the first like episodic thing i'd watch from day to day and it's just it's just that peak of being like a 90s kid like absolutely everyone i knew watched it and discussed it and played it and wanted to see what happened the next day so that's my biggest nostalgic show. Song wise, um, I think just off the top of my head, like um, I'd have to go with Aaliyah's "Are You That Somebody"? Oh, yeah. Just like right at the top of my head, because like like that ninety nine two thousand was like a sort of like a shift in yeah. music, and like she was sort of like the epitome of that sort of new wave. Like the video and everything, just like another like big moment
2: in childhood. I'd say. All right, no, I can do that. that. Um, okay, Uh, for me, I
1: would have to say most nostalgic show would probably have to be Hey Arnold. Okay, Um, it it kind of uh, it's a toss up. Because I think Hey Arnold I, I kinda saw myself in him and then I saw my best friend and just kinda how we did stuff. But then, and I know you like this show, but it, it's how I wanted my childhood to be. Like um, codenamed kids next door. Like Yes. <laughs> yes. I oh that show used to just send me in, man. I used to love that so much. And so either of those, but I haven't seen that show in forever. Um and then song. It, it's almost, it's almost like a genre, but that whole like mid 2000s, like, you know, D4L, uh, kind of them franchise boys, that type of scene right there. Like the, when like, oh, Atlanta, okay. yeah. like snap music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When like Atlanta just blew up, you know, was putting music all over the country. It kind of takes me back to, uh, to middle school. Cause I mean, it, you you would just stand in front of your tv those music videos would come on and you just keep doing them and they would repeat their music videos and you do it again and they're coming on, on the radio and, right you know, that whole era of music just is nostalgic for me so
0: all right cool cool yeah it was definitely i don't know if kids get that same that same sort of experience now because like you can just go on your phone and see something and then like I guess you can talk about it, but like you're not sure if everyone else has seen it because it's exactly. It's not like a must see type thing. Like I don't know, it's just so splintered now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that was a movement. We'll move on in a second, but that was a movement. And then, um, oh, what were they calling man? Oh, the whole jerking face. Like yeah, yeah. You would have been in college, I think, when that happened. So yeah, yeah, that was big. Niggas was jerking all over the place. <laughs> that was, was a bad sentence, but
0: <laughs> right. But yeah, that right. that was that was big. Those were like two of the biggest. The snap thing,
2: yeah.
0: And to jerk like that's whole like a- actually like we'll move on, but like that whole college era of music, like right, right. It's just something about that, that specific time, like right. We had the snap that was like coming back from the crunk era and then right. the hyphy was in there and then right. the certain, and then you had new artists it was just
2: special
1: it, it was yeah last thing it was just so strange because then that era kind of it didn't birth them but then you got that weird kind of like preppy stuff where you preppy rap we got like ash roth came in and you got yeah what's his name kid cuddy and i mean they were making bangers for people that were in college and it was just
0: yeah, it was totally different.
1: Yeah. All right dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good discussion though. We'll move into our first segment with the ill list of the new top news stories of the past week. Uh, first number three, Disney, as we know, launched last week, uh, November twelfth, and they allegedly had ten million subscribers on <laughs> day one, which is kind of crazy. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: like. People did say, you know, there were some folks that have received the service for free. Verizon users get it a year free, so they're not exactly sure who's all paying for it or not on that first day. But 10 million subscribers definitely sort of exceeded, I think, people's expectations of what the service is going to do. Oh, well, I imagine so. Yeah. That's, uh, that's yeah. And I've read somewhere they're they're guesstimating like. Two hundred
1: and fifty subscribers by twenty twenty five or something like that, wow, well on that topic, and it's not the best of news, but uh, I saw where I think they're already having to deal with like people getting hacked and everything,
0: right, yeah, people no. getting their accounts hacked already and being getting sold off like on dark web or whatever Thank that's
1: you. crazy wasted no time at all man yeah no time
0: because the the hackers literally stay ahead of the companies
1: oh absolutely yeah like, they know what's the, going on
0: yeah <laughs> the companies are always playing catch up so we'll see what happens And it's just gonna happen more as more services pop right. up right. and whatnot right. and number two marvel um released five new mystery film dates that they did not announce in their previous um Slay at last year's um what was that last year's event i guess you'd say yeah so i don't know what the dates are i just know they've they just announced these five dates in the future we don't know if i'm i'm guessing they'll be introducing like some new characters to the mcu
2: possibly that's right, right. what it could be um they're they're it for the long haul (laughs) yeah for sure i'm
1: just like i guess they'll never really run out of characters but you know yeah it is kind of like like whoa there's it shows you just how much how little i know about comic book scene because um everybody's new to me
0: (laughs) yeah same here like like just to think of like how they made iron man popular he's like a A C-level hero, right, right, and they've made him the face of the franchise. So, so we'll we'll see. At this point, they know what they're doing, and I don't see them failing anywhere anytime soon. So, right, no, absolutely not. So we'll be waiting with bated breath to to hear those announcements in in the distant future. Um, Our number one news story: Joker. Uh, achieved a feat as being the first rated R film to peak $1 billion worldwide in box office. It's pretty big. Yeah, very big. So this is a big win for DC. Um, I don't think anyone expected this film to do that well. Yeah, no, definitely not. So um, it's, it's breaking records. And hopefully... Um, it, it works for DC, where I know there's been uh, talks of, like, if they want to develop other villain films like this, yeah. in the same pattern, origin films, or even if they want to connect Joaquin's Joker to a future whatever, Batman or whatnot, I'm not sure. Yeah,
1: Yeah. that, that movie's definitely going to be a... Uh... Wait till it comes on like Comcast HBO or something for me.
2: It, yeah.
0: I'm not rushing to No, not at it. all. Yeah. But hey, it's yeah. It did well for them. People liked it. People liked right. it more than I think people expected it
1: to. Right. So. And there were I can understand the kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of hate that came out for it when because of the topic and just another upset white man going to get his revenge. But I mean, I won't lie. it looked interesting, but not enough to really pull me in. but you know people like what they like. you can't stop that
2: yeah
0: so that's our news segment. one more little news with our box office here for the weekend um four v Ferrari took the top spot with thirty one million yeah. and they're they're talking a lot of uh Oscar talk for this film
1: yeah I swear I didn't know anything about this movie until like last week. <laughs> I, I, I remember
0: seeing. I think I saw a trailer a while back, and then I yeah. saw ads and stuff. I mean, I wasn't really interested because cars. I mean, right? Yeah. Not really my judge, but right. with Christian Bale and Matt Damon, um, they're t- saying there was a really good film with good performances um following that was midway with 8.8 million and coming in the, in the number three spot was disappointingly the charlie's angels reboot mm. with 8.6 million definitely not what they expected for a franchise that had done so well in the past
2: yeah. um
0: i i just don't think people were interested
1: no it no yeah <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> and it, I'd look, Kristen Stewart is very, I think she's talented. You know, she's good at what she does, but I don't know. She's just not believable in that role for me. I couldn't see her, like, in an action-action film like that.
0: Yeah, and from what I hear, uh, audience enjoyed it who did go see it. But I just think people didn't see a need for another another movie in this franchise. Right. The 2000s reboots was just enough, you know. Right yeah and it people are just not the the reboot is getting tired like right. we want original stories like if this had been just a female led action flick, right I think you would have got more seats more butts in
1: the seats, probably so yeah that's i'm I'm glad you said that because I was thinking something similar like it's the they're we're kind of in this age where we're looking for so many original stories, you know, featuring women, and we keep getting reboots and trying to push those, and Mm -hmm. it's not going to work. Yes,
0: it's not going to work. And, you know, Elizabeth Banks was, like, director, writer, star, whatever. She made some comments blaming this on men not wanting to support women in film. Now, we all know there are those that are a minority who, like, Right. Back right on progressive movies and whatnot, absolutely. But they are a minority, they're just a loud minority. But this, right. we, this is not their fault. We have Wonder Woman, we had Captain Marvel, we had uh Mad Max Fury Road, like,
1: right. and she, I don't know if she's not like part of any MCU or anything, but Atomic Blonde, right. That movie was ridiculous and it killed, but this was just a flop. She no, nah, this wasn't. Yeah, that.
0: it was a flop. And you could say the same thing about Terminator Dark Fate.
1: Right. That, exactly. that was a
0: movie with women, people were excited about it, but just thinking the past Terminator films, they were bad. So people were like, yeah. Why are we doing this again?
1: Right, exactly.
0: Yeah, so it's it's sad. I might see it eventually. I don't know. <laughs> Right, maybe if it's on just for randomly one day.
1: Exactly, that's probably what will happen for me. So yeah,
0: and the uh, rest of the top five was finished out with "Playing with Fire" with eight point six million, and "Last Christmas" was six point seven. So, Four V Ferrari really outshined right. the rest of the competition this weekend.
1: For sure.
0: Yeah, so we'll transition from news to our not segment here. Mm. We will be discussing Watchmen and, no, not Watchmen, sorry. We'll save Watchmen for next week. We'll be discussing Mr. Robot, episode seven, and mm-hmm. His Dark Materials,
2: episode three.
1: Right, right. So. Um, I guess we can start with Mr. Robot. Okay. And just kind of.
0: So what we'll do here, we'll go ahead and do a quick uh, recap of what happened um, speak on our favorite moments. What might not have worked for us, and if we had any questions, right? The right. The episode. So this episode, we saw um, Elliot, as we saw le- the previous episode, he was kidnapped by Vera on his way to save Krista. And this entire commercial-free episode was, it was in uh, what four acts?
1: Uh, four or five. I think it was five.
0: Five acts. Yeah. Yeah. And it's basically just. Um in it's almost like a stage play.
1: Yeah, that's like, exactly what it was like. Yeah.
0: They're in this room, Vera, his two henchmen, Krista and Elliot and Mr. Robot. And they're they're just basically going back and forth to tug of war, basically to say Krista, and we get to to some um unearthed truth about Elliot's life and his therapy. Right. And it sort of changes the whole I think landscape of the series and what we what we perceive to know about Mr. Robot and his origin story so what were what some of your favorite moments of this episode
1: <laughs> I I think the um the form of the episode just staging it as a play I wasn't I was not expecting that when just the way it was shot it looked like a movie it looked different mm-hmm. um the close-ups that that is what grabbed me um it, it always confuses me when mr robot starts speaking but that part where uh vera is it vera vera vera, vera yeah i can't remember something when like he that. right when he realizes that he's finally speaking directly to mr robot
2: mm-hmm. and you just
1: see you just see uh christian slater um that part was pretty big um
2: yeah their exchange was was powerful
1: right i wish uh what's her name the rapper
0: young ma yeah
1: ma yeah i wish she had a little bit more speaking parts but because she's mainly just sitting back there yeah yeah um but yeah that part with those two was that was a huge part um just kind of the bravado that Elliot put on and t- the he, i think his arc in this episode he he had this like kind of nervous he he started kind of like
2: brave
1: mhm broke him down a little bit and then he absolutely just plummeted and collapsed at the end yeah. so and that was a big part that i like but uh but yeah it was, it was an incredible episode one of the best i think they've ever done so
0: yeah definitely I agree I think um, everyone's acting was superb like yeah uh, the they gave Vera like he's always been there but he hasn't had much else to do and this showcased the range that actor had because he's he started off very brutish and then eventually was like this almost empathetic character
1: Right, right.
0: And you kind of felt for him. So they humanized him pretty well. Um, what else did I notice? The music was crazy.
1: Yeah, man. It was so like, dun, dun, dun. It was so, <laughs> <laughs> it was like so it, extra.
0: Yeah, it really gave me like Hitchcockian like oh yeah for sure. feelings and stuff. Um, yeah, the music was everything. And the discussion between uh, Mr. Robot and Vera really got me when Mr. Robot said, power is just an asshole stuffed with money. Right, right. That was a very true uh, declaration there. Just saying mm-hmm. how, you know, Vera isn't. He's he's not going to be gaining anything with with this move, and he should be afraid of, of what right. Elliot and people like Elliot can do. Like he has to prove himself to him. Right. Um. Yeah. Well, with that episode by Act Three, we get to um sort of like what Crystal was talking about, the breaking of Elliot. Um, Right, right. We discover that Mr. Robot was someone who's been with Elliot for a long time because he suppressed um, the truth about his father, which was that his father was sexually abusive to him and Darlene. Right. So uh, we, we got the backstory of Elliot Um, That common thing with him falling out of the window. He thought he, first we thought he was pushed. Then we decided he was, he jumped. But looking back now, as he's remembering more accurately, his father came upstairs because he was going to, I guess, uh, molest. Yeah, molest him. That's why he hid Darlene in the closet. That's why he was swinging the bat. And um, that's why he was pushed out the window.
1: Right it does oh go ahead go ahead
2: oh no go ahead go ahead
1: all i was gonna say was that it uh it, when you look back on the show it it makes something stand out more um
2: mm-hmm. i think
1: that that first initial that first initial scene in mr robot where elliot catches the pedophile oh like, yeah that has a completely different tone now it's kind of like you know because it, it was so random obviously being a pedophile is a horrible thing, and anybody should do what they can to stop them. But you mm-hmm. kind of wonder, like, if maybe he was taking it on as, you know, like, let me stop this from happening to some other kid. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It. It. And it explains sort of Elliot's, um, his demeanor, his social inept, right, with people, with relationships. Um, because we think we're thinking it was like all his. Mother's fault, right? But both his parents were trash.
1: So right, that's what it's starting out to be.
0: So it definitely like his 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 escape with you know um, opioids and other drugs, um, yeah. his depression, like it all has like a a stronger root. So yeah. we we get to this truth, and for a second, Vera's there for him, which I mean, yeah. which he wanted anyway. But they were almost. Vera was like a shoulder he could cry on because I guess Vera being, he experienced sort of like the same thing as a child. Yeah. Um, And then just as I was sort of like looking forward to this team up, I guess you'd say, um, Vera's taken out. Yeah. Which I was not expecting.
1: Yeah. Now, let me, how do you feel about that? Because I'm going to see if it if we have the same feeling about him, about Vera, yeah, just like how do you feel about him? You know, being stabbed and possibly being dead. Like, I guess when I said, would you be okay with it if his story is done? I, I really
0: wanted to see if he and Elliot were going to have some sort of alliance. Like, I was interested in seeing where that was going, but I wasn't, wouldn't have been sure how that would work against White Rose, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like, I don't know if Vera would actually be fighting against them if he wants to do this whole drug lord
2: thing. I don't know where he would have fit in there, even though I wanted to see it. I think... I mean, I I don't know how to say this.
1: I'm not upset that, like, I mean, he's a bad guy. Obviously, he wasn't going to, I don't think he was going to flip, but I just feel like if he's actually dead, it's kind of wasted. You know, we get, we don't get him much. And then these last few episodes become such a pivotal part, such an important part. And then, bam, he's gone? Like, what?
0: Yeah, because his return, the tease of his return was something epic. Right, yeah. I mean, like. In the last season, we see him back in the in the neighborhood, and it's like, oh, right. he's he's back. We're gonna get him right. for the foreseeable future, and maybe Elliot, his hero complex kicks in, and he tries to save him or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll but see. we uh, man, he needs an Emmy. Vera, the guy that plays Vera for that part, when yeah. he's smoking that meth and talking about going back to the Dominican Republic. Yes. Yeah, like, he's acting his ass off, man. He, was, like he looked like he was really high, man.
0: Yeah, that whole that whole journey home thing was just spellbinding. And Gloria Rubin's always great. Like she's Oh yeah. She's an actress, like the way, yeah, they all deserve awards for that yeah.
1: entire episode. It was it was crazy, man. It's I mean, all these award shows, the Emmys, the Hell, I'll put the Grammys in there, even though that's music, and uh, the Oscars, they're all, I think they're all popularity contests, man, but but this is what people are looking for. Like, I don't want to sound like a, a snob, but like, this was artistic, you know what I mean? Yeah, this is, definitely. That's, has to go down as one of the best hours of television just in general, not yeah. for Mr. Robot, but like ever. It was yeah. so good.
0: It was a great episode. And it, well, I guess was, we'll,
1: oh, I was just gonna say, like, we have what six, seven episodes left. How well, what's I think gonna happen? Six, man?
0: <laughs> I think it's, I think it's thirteen episodes. Yeah, I don't know what's hap- Going to happen, like,
1: right? It's like I'm Jesus. not sure we can handle anymore, man. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. We'll move on from Mr.
0: Robot, and it's time to talk about episode three of His Dark Materials: The
1: Spies. Okay. Um, this was. Now I'll say I think this was maybe the best episode of so far. We're still early in the mm-hmm. show, obviously, episode three, but um, maybe the best episode. So um, last week we ended with Lyra getting away from Miss Culture, Ruth Wilson, and um, then getting kidnapped or trying possibly getting kidnapped by one of the gobblers. Right. And um, so then we see her that she was saved by the egyptians and uh well the what's the boy's name tony costa and tony, i think yeah. The other guy, yeah other guy's name is benjamin they come yeah. and save
2: her and um bring her back to the egyptians and um they're getting ready to go and uh, try
1: to find the missing children and so that's kind of where we start off um but uh, Lyra's taken in pretty easily, and they know her, they know her story, and I thought mm. that was kind of interesting, how they showed that, how she was kind of like, I don't know what's the word? I hate to compare it, but she's kind of like how Harry Potter was to the people. You know what I mean? like
0: right like her her the the prophecy or whatever right, is right. Or like
1: becoming fulfilled, so people know the lore of of Lyra, of Lyra. Yeah. yeah they know. They know a lot more about her than she knows about herself.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so, um, so we get that. Um, she kind of connects with uh Ma Costa. They become close, and then, um, we get our boy Boreal. I think this is the part he goes, he comes to this part of the world, he goes through the thing again. And I thought that was funny. He had a, a whatchamacallit on his car, the uh the blue yeah the, yeah on the wheel. that was funny um but we get that um miss coulter's like flipping out and she goes to the master and kind of destroys all that uh trying to hit the
2: big parts Ooh, what else happens now oh, we get them um her people
1: go and try to search the boats that was a huge part of it yeah the, since Lyra's on the boats with the Egyptians uh they try to find her on there and aren't really all that successful, and then um, we see her kind of spiraling out drinking on the the ledge, which is like whoa
0: yeah, it kind of confirmed my notion that she's very unstable
1: right, right Mentally, and then yeah I, I think the maybe the biggest part that fell kind of flat. Was the reveal that Mr. Coulter is Lyra's Her mother? Mom. Yeah.
0: yeah, that like I felt like I'm glad we find out found out, but it felt so yeah
1: uh, right absolutely like
0: there's there wasn't like a buildup or I, I right, feel like no. we had a few more episodes to sort of like see them build a relationship and then like see the separation and then I don't know. It's just right. like something's missing.
1: I think, uh, well, I'll say this and then I'll let you say, you know, your big parts, which you really like. I think last week's reveal of Lord Azrael being Lyra's father gave away too much. Why else would she be that upset about him being a, a bad father? Yeah. And that kind of blew this week's reveal. So,
2: yeah.
0: And plus, I don't know, like, Sometimes Lyra is like really on it, and then other times it's like she's playing dumb. Like I don't right. know.
1: And I guess they have her do that just to even it out. She's supposed to be, you know, like a twelve-year-old girl. So.
0: Yeah, but like, like sometimes the way she talked in this culture, like when they were like being disputes and stuff, is like. Right, you know, right. Like, what is her level of like intelligence? Yeah. Yeah. Like. Sometimes she's on, sometimes she's not. So I don't know. Right. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, I felt the reveal wasn't really much, and was kind of like, kind of too easy that that's like the Egyptian nurse that had her, and blah blah blah. Right. Right. Everything's like too neat right now. But um, after that, we um, they decided they're going to going to the north. Mm-hmm. Um. And <clears throat> Tony and Ben decide that they need more information. So right. they sneak into Miss Coulter's house, which I knew wasn't a good idea. Like it just,
2: yeah.
0: it just wasn't a good idea. Yeah. They weren't prepared for anything. I thought Lyra might have like gave them a little more clues as to like right. what to expect, but um, they get caught sadly. And I thought this was one of the best scenes. Right. Um. This sort of like fight you see sort of like how the their demons more or less are a part of them. Right um and Tony's able to escape, but Ben go ahead and sacrifices himself to protect
2: right his family. So we lose Ben. And mm-hmm. um I think th- that's he
1: Tony gets that little sheet or whatever.
0: Yeah, he got the sheet list of names. Right, and it kind of confirms that Billy is with them. had Billy's name right. and others people's name, so they decided they're going to the north, and the north is like this um, sort of like no man's land. Like right, right. It, they know it's dangerous. They know it's a risk, um, but they they they're willing to take the risk to save to save their children. Yeah, right. and Lyra. So, oh, go
1: ahead. But no, you can you can finish. Oh,
0: and Lyra's all in. She's trusting them, and she's learning how to use the um i don't know how to say it
1: the just the the compass thing yeah yeah
0: the compass
1: yeah the word the a it, oh god it's impossible
0: yeah i don't know how to say that
1: but yeah and that's another big point yeah she gets it to fun she finally gets it to work Hmm. so that's big um they have that little meeting between all the egyptians where they kind of want to like oust lyra kind of like you know, she brought problems and yeah, that and uh, so there's that, and then the um the spy flies. Yeah. This culture sends out to kind of try and find Lyra, so um those come and they kind of attack her, and they are able to capture one, but one goes back to her.
0: Right, and it just confirms that that she's seen her, so they can. Right. pursue her now. So tracker. Right. Yeah, she's still on the trail. I will say I do like um what's what'd you say his name was? Bull
1: uh, Yeah.
0: Boreal. Like, yeah, yeah, I like that character and what he how he um is looking for this mysterious uh explorer who sort of stumbled on right. their world. Um that that part's interesting because we kinda of forget that that that's another part of the story. Like to see him like in the modern times, it kind of right, right. takes you out of the story. But it's real interesting and it, and I'm not sure I know he's part of the um
1: magish, The Magisterium.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the magisterium. But it seems to also like he has his own personal notice as right, well. So
1: I'm
0: right, not really right.
2: sure where he his loyalty lies all the time right absolutely
1: so i think um i think next week will be interesting i think we're going to meet some of the probably the bigger characters that are known from the book because the um the lord oh what's his name Father, father oh god the guy with the beard that's Egyptian, yeah.
2: mm-hmm. he
1: was like you know we're going to have to ask the witches for help. You know, it's going to be dangerous, but it's what we have to do. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, it's picking up. So, yeah, I definitely enjoyed this
0: episode. Yeah. All right. And that concludes our not segment. We'll transition to No Concessions, where we discuss what we've been visioning off and on, any movies we've seen, that, and the third and fourth. Um, this week, I watched That Darn Cat and Jungle of the Jungle. On Disney Plus. Okay. <laughs> um, it was very random. Um, my sister was here, so she wanted wow. to see how you know it worked and everything. Right. Um, Jungle the Jungle actually held up really well. It's still pretty funny. Uh, that was the Tim Allen movie where he finds out he has a son who w- was raised in like a native, right? Yeah. Island in South America or something, and sort of like that—that fish out of water type story right. still hilarious um i don't know if you could do that story now
1: right with yeah. like
0: the white people and primitive and the way they this the, the way they have portrayed the, the yeah. tribe and stuff it's very stereotypical but
1: maybe kind of culturally insensitive so
0: yeah yeah definitely but martin Short is hilarious in this movie i forgot <laughs> like every scene he's in it's funny Especially yeah. in the third act, um, and then that darn cat wasn't as good as I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, um, this the plot's very trivial. Christina Ricci yeah. was good in it. Um, it was it was funny, but it was more silly. Um, I got you. Yeah, and that was a film with Dougie Doug because sort of was like sort of big in the nineties. Um, hmm. especially with Disney movies and that role would normally go to a white guy. So that was like a different casting back then. So, right. And then hmm. I watched episode uh, five, I think of Castle Rock. Okay. Um, the story definitely progressed. Um, we had sort of like someone from the past come back to the, to the present time and um, does it's making more sense of what's actually happening in the town, and what type of choices um, Annie Wilkes has to make? So it's it's really good.
2: <clears throat> okay.
1: Yeah, I um, I I probably haven't seen Jungle in the Jungle since it I was a
2: kid. So. Yeah, I hadn't seen it in a while. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um let's see. I really didn't watch too much. I I don't know
1: what happened. Usually I'm watching something on Amazon or Netflix, but I was just just didn't do it. But um I did watch uh and I've been watching uh Mrs. Fletcher with um Catherine Hahn on HBO and um um uh, so I'll update about that, but the show is lackluster to say the least like oh. i mean i think this was episode four of seven or three of seven and it's just it's just like man this is it's low-key boring um her story <laughs> her storyline is how do i say it? is is it's too predictable and it's maybe the least exciting story she like she goes home and she watches porn and then she has fantasies and it's like okay that's boring but she hasn't really acted them out any way maybe that's coming Uh. um, and then her son is kind of having a change of heart about being a douche which is kind of like okay that's good um but um honestly the most exciting story is there is um the writer Jen Richards. She has written for her own thing. Oh God, I can't remember. But she's in. Oh God, I'm have to look her up. Anyways, she's trans, so she's a trans woman. But she, mm-hmm.
2: she
1: and this, she's the teacher, and oh. for this night class that Catherine Hahn is taking. But then she's kind of like in a little relationship with her one of her students, and you know, it, it's more interesting. Than the the main story to me at least, but they're right. not giving it much attention. But it's like okay, whatever.
2: Hmm.
1: But um, yeah, it's it's probably for the best that we did not pick that show up to talk about every week <coughs> because I would just be upset because it. I mean, you have thirty minutes to wow people, and it's just like oh, oh it's just not doing nah, it. Nah, not even a little bit. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna finish it out, you know. I started. Yeah. It's how it goes
2: sometimes.
0: Yeah. And that concludes our session segment. And we'll transition to our feature presentation where we'll be discussing the juggernaut that is Disney Mm -hmm. Plus. As we say before, 10 million subscribers on day one. Um, And pretty much it's what they had promised. Um, Disney has acquired. Plentiful properties with thousand hours of content. You have Disney, which includes the Disney Channel original series and films, as well as the films from their vault. Yeah. And the, and films that they put out in recent years. Um, then you then you have Pixar, all their films. Then you have the other properties of Marvel. Which includes MCU, the animated series, um, Star Wars, same film library, animated series specials, and then National Geographic, which includes films and specials as well. As well, and then in part of those properties, they also have original series. So you've got right. Star Wars with the Mandalorian. You have um, National Geographic. The show with Jeff Goldblum its more of like a docu-series where he investigates random stuff. Um, A show called Encore with Kristen Bell. Um, She uh, gets like former high school classmates together to redo a play they did in high school or musical or something. Okay. Um, I heard that wasn't very good, but I haven't watched it yet. Um, And then you have like um the high school musical musical the series which is a series about a series about the high school where high school musical took place and then the kids do high school musical as a musical it's like inception okay okay so but what i've been mainly watching is the older properties stuff i hadn't seen in a while um so, stuff on my watch list like Smart Guy, That's yes. So Raven, uh, the X Men anime series, X Men Evolution, just to start out, that's, that's what I've been sort okay. of like digesting. And then older films that I hadn't seen in a while. Um, and I mean, that's sort of where their bread and butter is at right now because most of the people able of purchasing this streamer a large amount of them are kids from the 90s yeah. or the 80s who grew up on the films and the properties um, that disney disney is known for so it, it was very smart as opposed to you know a streaming service coming out with all original content but no library of of shows or films that you can't really bank on to bring them
2: into the new content
1: now, do you think it's something where the hype will die out or do you think that they'll be able to keep the pace up? I
0: think the hype will, will stay there because as of now with as little original content they have, they've right. already promised us, you know, five Marvel series um you know, the new Marvel films or Star Wars films that come out, that's where they'll be streaming. So um, I think they'll be able to maintain the hype for, for the foreseeable future. Um, Yeah, now we'll say, oh go ahead. Go
1: ahead, go ahead and finish your thought.
0: Oh, I will say, um, with that, like with everything, there'll be updates and stuff. Right now, like the interface is pretty basic. Right. Um it's not confusing or anything, but it is sort of kind of clunky. Uh, and there's not a resume watching feature. So if you if oh, you wow. pause or stop what you're yeah. watching and you come back to it, it doesn't like start up where you left off.
2: Okay.
1: Well, that's not good, but <laughs> yeah.
0: So so like I've managed to like finish whatever I've been watching. It'd just be nice to like be able to just like pick up right where you were in a series or a film and just continue. So,
1: yeah, I definitely have to get it because I think the things that I definitely want to see and this ties into our whole nostalgia thing at the beginning. Got to get back to Even Stevens. That show was fundamental in my just development of my uh, sense of humor. It was so silly. Yeah. Um, So that. The movies, of course. I gotta get back to the drama. Well, it seemed dramatic as a kid, but Bug Juice, like, yes, oh my god. As a kid, I was like, "This is crazy!" Like, but I mean, it probably just seems silly now. Right. Uh, That's that's a raven. That's a raven. It's another one.
0: That's a raven is like we didn't understand like when was on like at, at living it. Like you're just right. the show's funny, blah blah blah. But looking back now, that show was excellent. Like yeah. it had comedy, it had some drama, you know, and it was so good that they were able to continue it today. And the reboot reboot is really good as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, um oh God, I can't think Raven's of the name home. Of it. Ravens home, yeah. It is. It's funny. I mean Raven yeah. Simone, she's had a little blitz in a couple of years, you know, and she's not black or whatever. It's <laughs> Whatever, Raven. But yeah, it's a, it, yeah, it is a good show. Yeah, as a really now, good were you show. about to say something about Bug Juice? Oh no no no. Oh okay. But
0: I was gonna say that, um, like along with Disney Originals, you know, they're planning the reboot for Liz McGuire. Yeah, yeah. So so they've got like they've already said like the original family's gonna come back, and I'm just wondering right. how it's going to go. Like she's supposed to be like in New York, like living her life or whatever. But they do have the sons
2: mom and dad on board to huh. to do the show so that should be interesting yeah because i
1: don't know that will be yeah that will be interesting to see i wonder if they bring back everybody you know like gordo and uh what was the other one miranda order yeah i ones? think
0: they would have to because like yeah. they were so big parts of the show and like her and gordo's will they, won't they, and right, right. everything. So I think eventually we'll see them pop up. right. And it just goes to show, like, Disney was banking on that, the sense of nostalgia. Like, yeah. we know, like, in this era, like, just looking at shows like Stranger Things and, um, other properties, the reboots that are happening, the franchise sequels and whatnot. Nostalgia is bankable and always has been, but it's it's in a different, it's at a different level now.
1: Right, right.
0: And sometimes it goes right, and sometimes it goes left, and you you have have to take it with care. I think Disney's found the balance to where, like everyone's grown up on Disney. Right. Absolutely. It's somewhere form, so they were able to sort of master it willfully whereas some people are really struggling like nbc's peacock like i don't think anyone's interested in a saved by the bell reboot no not even a little bit yeah whether it's free or not people aren't going to watch those characters in 2019 they'll just watch the old episodes
1: (laughs) right so
2: yeah so i think disney's found the formula um it's like, uh,
1: well, Nickelodeon's kind of doing it, that whole thing. Is it with Netflix?
0: Yeah, they're planning to build new shows and films on previous properties or something like that.
1: Right. So it's kind of confusing. All I know is there's like a Squidward's getting like his own standalone movie or show or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and that got me excited. I think that's the thing. If you if you keep those old characters and stuff, and don't try to change too much, then people are going to be there for it. You know, right, right. Like the the reboots work
0: with the right formula, basically. Right, exactly. Like we and 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 they've shown time and time again. If you go and reboot something less known or less popular, you're more likely to to have success. Like people are out here wanting to reboot. You know. Scream and right, no, like these classics like no, right, just do something new, like you can take that story and just call it something else and let it be its own thing,
1: absolutely, yeah, um, and uh, last thing I'll say about Ruboots or whatever, and I don't know if you watched it, you may because you're just a little bit older than me, but you'll remember it, but um, what should we call it loose clues right, yeah, it just came out with a new a new guy uh. I've not watched it or anything, but doing it that way, I mean, that's not even for our generation. That's, but making it specifically for a whole new generation, that's perfect.
0: Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, right. and I just saw that it got renewed for a second season. So, right. you know, a new generation will see Blue's Clues, and that's fine. Like, right. it's for them, and then we can still remember, you know,
1: Steve and exactly. Blue exactly. from forever ago. So, yeah. Right. And I think, I think this is the second person after Steve because there was a yeah there was that one guy in between right so I mean they figured it out so
0: yeah they did and that's like I don't know if you saw this E's bringing back the soup
1: yeah I did see that yeah
0: which I used to love because
1: yeah it's pretty funny yeah
0: it was was really funny but like a whole generation of celebrities and fans can like tune in for that sort of like newsy comedy type of satire you know what I'm saying like and it works, hopefully. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Disney Plus is right now is, is gaining momentum. Um, I think in 2020 it will really hit its stride because you'll have the new films out in theaters. Right. And, and the series dropping. They've already said you know, um, the series will be connected to the film.
2: So. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah. All right. Hmm. Excited to see where it goes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So
0: that's been our feature presentation. Before we get out of here, what are you streaming for the weekend?
1: Okay. A couple things. I keep seeing little trailers popping up on my YouTube subscriptions from Netflix about this movie, Earthquake Bird. I don't actually have any clue what it's about, but I'm going to keep it that way. Uh, I know it stars Alicia Vikander from uh, Ex Machina, and she's in Japan. That is that is all I know. And uh, so I'm going to watch that. Um, the Burning Cane movie, I think we spoke about that earlier, a couple episodes ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then The Laundromat with Meryl Streep. And so... All those are on Netflix. So that's I'm gonna check those out this week.
0: Okay. For me, um, Burning King's still on my list because I didn't get to see it. Yeah. But I think I'm going to try and rent the farewell. Oh, okay with Aquafina. It's in Right. uh exactly video, so I'm guessing it's on like Vudu or whatever. But right, not that right. much. And then I'm also gonna to try to see Loose with um Calvin Harrison Jr. and Octavious. Oh,
2: okay. yeah. I've heard
0: great things about that. And he's also in Ways, which I want to see later on. Mm-hmm. So um,
2: that's what I'm hoping to see this weekend. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Let's All see, right. man. Maybe the uh it's that time of year where the weather's crappy where it's just perfect to watch movies rather than do anything else. So. yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. This has been another episode of Streamboard
0: Life. You can get more information and content at streamablelife.wordpress.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at AS Life
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: Nothing else. We are out. Peace. Peace. This has been It's a Streamable Life. chronicling life in the peak entertainment era. Listen weekly on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you listen to podcasts.